Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I wouldn't mind us not actually hiring a new Sean for two reasons. One, it would drive P crazy, but two, we could continue to play Emmanuel Brabari editing in that day's name of the producer because that makes me laugh every single time. This is the fifth day of Kevin Wall and that playing at this time all five days and every single time makes me chuckle. I mean, it just... In fact, I would suggest maybe doing it that way when we make a new show open when Pete finally makes up his mind on this front. Hey, and don't, don't look at me. It's just, it's not a clean mention of the person. Same big voice and then a different one just drops in poorly edited and says whatever. Says Jack Stern, says Dan Mechanicsburg, whatever it is. Oh, interesting. Cross him off then. No, I'm just saying like <laughs> in the fairly recent future. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, as you can hear, we are closing out the week in style because the body has returned. We've missed him these last five shows for his wraparound weekend vacation. But he is back for today, and then we'll take a regular weekend off and be back on Monday. I'm doing the opposite DA schedule. Gotcha. I, I am <laughs> I am not working Monday through Thursday, but then here Friday. I like it. One-day work week. Yeah, You're finally right. thinking correctly. That's right. The man that goes to Long Island beaches in the winter has finally figured out how things work. Burn work. out my day. Exactly. <laughs> so Pete's here. Kevin Wall is here. The asset, Greg Caserta, is here. Billy Jacqueline, all 63215 of him is here, and I'm here as well for DA. He's back on Monday. Kaplan's back on Monday. The stream's back on Monday. I have to remember how to do updates from Monday's show. I, I don't think I've done any in the month of August, uh, and I can, like... That's a pretty uh, good uh, guess. I think so. Maybe the first few days of August I did them, but it's been a while. So I hope my little booth is open. I hope uh, it has been aired out. I hope it has maybe been deloused, and uh, we'll go back to our normal situation for, for the most part on Monday. But for today, we've got two hours left. We've got the future of Trey Lance. We have multiple thoughts on NFL preseason action. 
We've got the pending apparent retirement of Steven Strasburg. A lot to do. Matt Hamilton of FanDuel TV. I, I, I think daily he's on Up and Adams with Kay Adams, that new show uh, on FanDuel TV. Matt and Kay work together at Good Morning Football. Now they're together in this new venture. Matt's going to be on the show later this hour. Excited for that conversation. But let's begin here in hour number three with Shohei Otani. I was not kidding yesterday, 24 hours ago, when I said it was hard to talk about this elbow injury because I love the guy. Mesmerized by him. Shame on me. I don't know how I don't have tickets for this weekend because he's playing the Mets at City Field. I don't know why I'm not seeing one of those games to see him in person. Because the Mets stink. That's probably the reason. But I would have bought them before they officially stunk, so it's not the exact reason why. That might be why I've not picked up the pace in getting tickets for this weekend. But, I like, give me it all. Give me jerseys. Give me, get me to games. Stay up late. Wake up in the morning. Find out what he did. I, you know this. I'm all in. You remember the heated debates we had last year during the last season about who should the AL MVP be, him or Aaron Judge. Judge won last year. Otani won the year before that. He will most certainly win it again this year. So this news to wake up yesterday morning to, oh, hey, Mike Trout's back on the IL and Shohei's got a tear in his UCL. He's done pitching for at least this year. It threw me for a loop. And I love baseball's my first love. And there's a lot of things going well for baseball right now. And he's the number one thing. Somehow still he was underrated. Right, And we were still not paying enough attention and not fainting enough over his exploits. But now we got to deal with this. And it was already going to be fascinating in all positive ways when we got to November and December and January to see how teams went after him and what the offers were, what the structure was, because the the confusion was or the the room for individuality and different points of view was... How do you pay a guy that does two things so well? And how long do you assume that he's going to do both of them so well? And therefore, how long are you paying him for both of those jobs? And people were throwing around crazy numbers. Five, six, seven hundred million dollars, eight, ten, twelve years of contract, whatever it may be. And now, fascinating for the wrong reasons is this same conversation. How in the world do you do this? How do you do this? How do you figure out a way to pay him from the team's perspective? And then if you're him, if you're Camp Otani, what kind of deal do you want to sign? Do you want to sign one that could end up being long-term and hundreds of millions of dollars? Are you okay? Do you want an out after, say, 2025, when presumably you are fully recovered from your second Tommy John surgery? And then in 2025, you're pitching again and hitting again and showing that you're good and you you have more time as this ultimate dual threat. Is that the kind of deal you want? Are there escape hatches for teams? How What are incentives looking like based on appearances? There's now the door is open for all thoughts. The one thing that I, I do truly believe, well, two things. I don't think anybody's out on Otani because of this news. I don't think anybody goes, okay, never mind, I can't do this. That might come when we get to the offseason and there are teams who are still just blindly writing checks for him. 
And then other guys go, okay, well, I'm not going there. Like, that's ludicrous. I'm out. But I don't think anybody woke up yesterday morning, got to lunchtime, talked to whomever, and said, we're out. We were in, but we're out now. I don't think that's happening. What I think happened is everybody that was in just went, how do I save money off of this? I was going to, you know, not necessarily begrudgingly, but spending five, 600 mils a lot. And there were guys who knew what they wanted. They wanted to get them. They understood the value of getting them. But still, that was a lot of money to commit to somebody. And $400 million is still a lot to commit to somebody. But it's better than 600 mil. So I actually think in a you know twisted, non-negative way, there was some happiness yesterday that there are now some Otani savings available for clubs. But actually how you construct things remains to be seen. And there is obviously, why would there be no universal decision how this is going to play out? Ken Rosenthal thinks Otani is still going to get $500 million. Other guys think that he cost himself hundred. well, not cost himself, but this is costing him hundreds of millions of dollars that the contract that he's going to get in the winter is going to be for Otani the hitter, which brings Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and Bryce Harper's deals into the mix. And that's, I think... Like 325, 330, and 360. I think Judge is 360. So you then you tack on that Otani's better than them. So now we're back at that kind of $400 million crescendo. And then there is the tack on that everything about pitching is an add on. I don't know that Otani's camp would agree to that, that this is a hitter's contract. And then just all bonuses, incentives are based on what he can do as a pitcher. But that would probably make the most sense from the team's perspective because he made when he had his first Tommy John surgery, he had it in October of 2018, and he was back hitting by early May the next year. So we're in that same window now. He says he's going to continue hitting for now, or that's what they that's what we assume. He he actually has not said anything publicly about this. But between now. And the middle of September, we they may find out, second, third opinions, more pain, whatever, that it's time to have surgery. But next year, in some form or the other, will exist for offense for Otani. And even losing a half of next year doesn't change the math on a contract. And one, two, three Tommy Johns is probably not going to change what he is as a hitter. And... He could, if he had to, he could eventually find himself back in the outfield at the time. He's going to get paid as a hitter. The pitcher stuff is what gets added on here. And when it comes to the pitching from, the interesting thought that I kept reading yesterday is maybe he doesn't come back as a starter. Maybe he comes back as your bullpen weapon, whether it's as a straight closer or as a guy who maybe pitches twice a week and gets you know the final three outs one day. Another day, maybe he pitches six, seven, eight. After a tough start, somebody else finishes, and that's how you handle it. Because it's it's not an accident, I don't think, that he's having a second Tommy John surgery based on everything that it takes for him to be a Cy Young candidate and the best hitter on the planet. They're 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 connected. It's all intertwined. He has unfortunately shown us the limits of his body specifically and maybe bodies in general. That it's not just about skill set, it's about the physical 
burden of being these two different things, pitching and hitting, why it's basically impossible and why he's the only one that has been able to do it is because it's just not what your body can handle. So if you switch him to that reliever role and there's a little less stress, a little less repetition, a little less, but not much, a little less prep work, but, you know, shorter outings, spaced differently, maybe that's the way to maximize the value from both fronts for Otani. I just, I still am just, I'm just bummed. I mean, there are so many things written yesterday, Jeff Passan, ESPN, guys at The Athletic, it just, this just sucks. It just sucks. This is an, he's an all-timer. He's the best thing in sports. I I know that we've been loving Messi, but this is a month of Messi. We were on a, a year three of Otani being the best hitter and, the, and one of the best pitchers on the planet at the same time. Something we've never seen before. And it, it, it might have just ended. It might have just ended. The dual threat might have ended whatever that was 36 hours ago. Because one Tommy John surgery is doable. Two is a problem. Botcher sent me as I was walking out yesterday. I don't know where this dude got this. I don't know if I should delete it off my phone in case I shouldn't have it. But... At like 10.04 yesterday, he tweeted me, or I'm sorry, texted me a Excel spreadsheet with Tommy John surgery history in it. Like everybody that's had Tommy John surgery. I, I even think there were like case numbers in here, maybe socials. I don't know. So Botcher doesn't have paperwork to verify whom he is, but he's got... HIPAA violation spreadsheets on surgeries and whatnot on guys that he's freely sharing with me. Thankfully, other people did the dirty work because I'm, I'm not lying when there's endless tabs and endless entries in this spreadsheet. I thought it was a short, he said, here's the list of second Tommy John surgeries. And it's one of the tabs in this huge sheet. And it just, I don't know where the end is. Long, long, long story short, you usually don't come back from a second Tommy John surgery. The first Tommy John for Otani was a buzzkill, but it was not a harbinger for bad things. This one is for the pitching side of Otani. It's hard to find guys who have come back from a second Tommy John surgery, come back well, because it doesn't happen. It just doesn't. There's really two guys, two, to hang your hat on. Jamison Tyone, who's pitching well after his second. He's got a fresh four years, $68 million deal. He's a cub. And Daniel Hudson, and I mentioned Jeff Passan already. Jeff wrote a great book, I don't know, five, you know, maybe even longer because he was a guest of Bogus at the Plate to push the book about the elbow and Tommy John surgery and how bad the situation is and how younger and younger people are getting Tommy John surgery. And Daniel Hudson is one of the main characters in the book because Jeff is kind of following along Hudson's recovery. Discussed all of this on Bogus at the Plate. And Daniel Hudson came back and was a good enough closer after his second Tommy John surgery. But you just you just don't do it. So it is 100% on the table. If Otani gets a second Tommy John, that he never pitches with impact again. 
and he'd still be a phenomenal baseball player. He might then go play right field and play it really well while DHing and hitting 50 home runs and stealing bases. And maybe if he focuses completely on hitting, he gets even more astronomically ridiculous at the plate. But as of now, the pitching part of it, which makes him him, is is a complete unknown. And that's, that just sucks for everybody. But this will make you smile. So for those of you who were in the building yesterday like Wall or who follow me on social media, I shared some pictures. My kids and my wife came here after the show yesterday. School's not back in session yet here in the East. Uh, one of the best parts of filling in for DA is my day being over at 10 a.m. So thought, hey, kids are off. I'm done at 10 Come here, they can walk around, say some, say hi to people, meet people, say see their old buddies from around here. Then we'll walk around Manhattan, get lunch, whatever, and go home. Had a great day. But the kids were here in the studio, and I remembered that the bogus the plate backdrop thing was right around the corner. So I go to show them, and my wife makes them take a picture standing with the sign. And my daughter, I mean, she's 12, but she's got a little bit of that, like, um, and they say this with all all the love in the world, that like idiot savant kind of thing going on. Like she knows things that I didn't know. She knows things. She's smarter than me at 12 than I currently am right now. She's a remarkable, remarkable young woman. But she can be a little bit of a doofus sometimes. And she looks at the sign yesterday and she goes, why were you at the plate? Were you eating? <laughs> and the, the other oh. three of us, me and my nine-year-old son and my wife, just like look at each other. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Was I eating? You know what I do for work. Thankfully, I don't make them like listen to old episodes. But like, you may have to now. <laughs> I, I may be. Were you, you eating? Now, I guess in we do do a lot of food stuff here. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that it was me talking about food, but I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. That was baseball. That was that was what Jake said. And in, in a sports station as well. Correct. Also that as well. A lot of clues that it was baseball related. And she plays softball. She knows what at the plate means. And isn't she a Met fan too? That's yeah, that too. But she goes, "Are you eating?" Just give her a hug. It's time for bogus at the plate. Have you tried the new Mexi Cubano from the Mama Teresa's truck? A lot of Mexi melts. <laughs> Have you had that? Oh, boy. That was the highlight of my Thursday. That would be a great show, though. Me about eating? Yeah. Do, uh, you, could, you could use Bogus at the Plate for a couple of things. What if I did, like, a video podcast I, and I went to, like, different places and, like, toured cities and restaurants and like ate food, or I went to ballparks, tried things. Isn't that already archived, basically? Man versus food. <laughs> uh, what is that? You never heard of man versus food? Oh no, I've heard of man versus food. Okay, yeah. What about Nomad? That's what I was confused about. What's Nomad? <laughs> Who does that show? Someone did that show. He still doesn't do that show, right? Like it's on. I don't know if it's on hiatus or if it's gone altogether. But there's not been a new Nomad in a long time. You might correct? go into the alumni page if you look at if you looked it up on a, on a. Uh... Uh, Odyssey-related website. It did make an appearance, though, yesterday because um, DA Show Maps, which now tracks the cities in the open of the show, I thought it'd be funny to do Minneapolis to St. Paul, which is the shortest distance <laughs> yeah. maybe we've used. But 
he or she that does DA show maps referenced the Juicy Lucy, which led DA show quotes to link to DA's Nomad about the Minneapolis Super Bowl week, and they had a Juicy Lucy on, on right. Nomad. That's right. You know, um, our listeners are very committed. <laughs> More so than us. <laughs> They're very committed. At least me. We have somebody that's talking about the locations we mentioned in the open. We have uh, somebody that's quote, that's writing down verbatim. Every yeah. quote we have. <sighs> wow. I, I, you guys are the best. I'll tell you that much. And it's another thing that puts pressure on me now that there's the map account like i'm i'm trying to be that much more creative on the cities i pick for the open you gotta go into towns now gotta go smaller smaller i mean they are providing facts on the places that we mention right so it would be a test of their abilities to give them really small towns mm-hmm. all right i'll think about that for next friday we get to learn a lot Okay. Next Friday, we'll reconvene. We'll try it then. Uh, when we come back, some thoughts on Steven Strasburg, Trey Lance. Uh, we'll spin the wheel of topics, and we get headlines. And don't forget, to 20 minutes from now, Matt Hamilton, FanDuel TV. He's on the show as we chug along on a Target Demo Friday, the DA Show, CBS. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio. Pete Pete is on one today. He has come back guns blazing as if he never left, as if he had no break from the nonsense that walks around here working, creating problems. I'd like to have a cheeseburger. (laughs) And as always, you know, the drops are not played by accident. As Pete now plays his standing bass to bring us back from break. From break. The T has kicked in. <laughs> Petey Pockets in full effect next to Kevin Wall. I don't like cats. Greg Caserta's here in just a second with headlines. Matt Hamilton, FanDuel TV, makes his DA show debut about 15 minutes from now. By I like time stuffing. For the eBay drive of the week with eBay guaranteed fit. You're the MVP because when you see that green check, you'll know that part fits your vehicle. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, Pete returns to give me this read and then the instructions of talk football. (laughs) So here's the drive of the week brought to you by 
eBay and Kenny Pickett. Uh, Pickett made two nice throws, one to Deontay Johnson early on a drive to uh, convert a third and five, and then a beautiful throw, even better catch from George Pickens to get the Steelers down near the end zone. I think Jalen Warren scored after that one. Either way, again, it's preseason. It wasn't the Falcons' best defense, but it was Pickett ripping them apart. Some beautiful throws to some talented wide receivers. The Steelers continue to make you think that they can make this a three-team race once again in the AFC North alongside the Bengals and the Ravens. That, again, is your eBay drive of the week. Barely produced by <laughs> Pete the Body Bilotti. Always leave me alone. I can't. You're here. I've spent four days leaving you alone. I got a lot to get off my chest. I didn't realize how many Schwartz drops we added to this inventory. It's been a busy week. He was only here two days. He was here Tuesday and Thursday. And we we restocked the shelves. Again, you taught Botcher very well. You really <laughs> did. I mean, he was... The, I think maybe the worst thing I did was tell him that I'm an idiot and I need direction. I need to be reminded things. I'll forget to do reads. How do I do <laughs> the epic fail? I still think I was throwing him for a loop at the end of the show is not throwing a certain production. But telling him that it's okay to boss me around led to stares... He was, like, looking at his watch and tapping it, looking at me, doing your timeout <laughs> signal. Yes. He was starting to do – he went even further than you. He would give me a – in the intercom thing, he'd go, you got two minutes left here. Save time for stunned. <laughs> now you got a minute. He's – he Say is – something else in your ear, but he, no. He, he's locked in. He – you have molded him maybe too well. Maybe too Thank well. Thank you. Again, too well is not a compliment. Well, it's a compliment to me. Because one of the things that maybe you know about and you've overlooked it, you're okay with it, or maybe it's this is new to you, but Botcher revealed this week that he's never made a bet legally because when he has tried to gain access to the betting apps, he gets denied an account because they say there's not enough proof of his identity. <laughs> oh, so, so, he's, <laughs> so he's not a, a real person, basically. Or he's got, a, like, he's got a driver's license. He has a social security number. He has a passport. He gets paid by us. He went to your school, your college. So some people have been okay with him. But... And he's not a he's not a degenerate gambler. No, but you know, but FanDuel, DraftKings, whomever, instead of taking your money, go. We can't take your money, sir. We don't know if you're actually in existence. And Ryan's such a nice guy. If he went on those websites, he would give them twenty dollars. He wouldn't even do make a bet just for fun. Yes, just take it. Hey, I just want to show my Good appreciation. Yeah. yeah, here it is. I love the interface. The uh, app's really built well. Thanks so much. Here's just supporting small businesses. Exactly. <laughs> LOL. So, again, is he you? Are you him? Are, is he AI, CGI? You guys think we're the same person. It's, on the, it's all on the table? Well, well, that, well you guys are going to have to figure that out. We are, because what else would we do? Okay. We've we've put out feelers already. Have fun with that. <laughs> we we are gonna have fun with our search. Well, that's gonna take yeah. forever, but you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> have fun with your botcher background. Oh yeah! All right, Matt Hamilton joins us ten minutes from now. Let's get headlines from the true asset. Uh, what? I'm sorry. Who? Uh, oh no, it's Greg Caserta. V- Victor <laughs> we- Webinyama. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here's a shocker. A's owner John Fisher told ESPN yesterday that the team has submitted its application for relocation to the league, which puts them one step closer to a future in Las Vegas. Get them out. It's so exciting. It's a theme on the show. As a group, we are really excited for the people of Vegas to be getting a baseball stadium. It's time that they're rewarded. Uh, it's time we get the A's out of Oakland. I think as a, uh, to a man on this show, we are supportive of this move mm. in every possible way. But I do want to point out, maybe you read this as well, these comments from John Fisher are the first time that he has given a national interview since he took control of the team years and years and years ago. Did you also read that? Is that possible? I, I did not see that when I was reading the one article I looked at, but I wouldn't be surprised by that given how he's run this entire thing into the ground. I would be surprised by the length of time. Let me pull back up. This is the ESPN.com story. And if you want to move on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fisher, in his first national interview since purchasing the A's in 2005. Wow. It's 2023. You can't own a professional team and not answer questions for 18 years. 18 years. They should move the team and then let, and they, they should force him to sell it. They should take the team from him. Yes, should. Yep. Back and, to you, Greg. I'm sorry. Anyway, guys, to our top story and a listen back to the final out of the 2019 World Series. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history, as Hudson tries to close it out, it'll be another 3 2 pitch to Michael Brantley. Hudson sets. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! WFUV sports alum Mm -hmm. Charlie Slows with the call on the Nationals radio network. The MVP of that 2019 World Series was pitcher Steven Strasburg. It's just surreal. And, um... You know, to be able to do it with this this group of guys is just something special. You know, we didn't quit, and uh, I love every one of those guys. It took all of us to do it. From April Fool's Day 2013, then-Nationals manager Davey Johnson talked about Strasburg's seven shutout innings against the Marlins. That was opening day at Nationals Park. Especially a great game, low-pitch game. You know, any other day, any other open day, I'd have probably gone farther with him. But, uh, you know, with the adrenaline going on opening day, I know he's going to be a little spent. But uh, outstanding. Just a month later in 2013, SNY baseball analyst Bob Ojeda talked about the Nationals' handling of Strasburg. You can't go out and and compete with a lot on your mind. Certainly you can't compete knowing you got handcuffs on you. To me, when you single out a guy to treat him differently than his teammates, that's an awkward position to put him in. So he didn't compete. Both Davey Johnson and Bob Ojeda, members of the 1986 Mets World Series team. Mm-hmm. Strasburg, the first overall pick in 2009, was a Scott Boris client, much like Matt Harvey, who also retired this year. Strasburg had his rookie season in 2010 cut short by Tommy John surgery, which Harvey eventually had after the 2013 season. Oof, what a coincidence. Harvey, eight innings in Game 5 of the 2015 World Series. That was the uh. clinching game won by the Royals at City Field. He also started game one of that World Series. Two World Series starts for Harvey, two no decisions. Strasburg, two World Series starts in 2019. Two wins over former Met Justin Verlander in games two and six, plus a World Series ring. He was also rotation mates for several years with former Met Max Scherzer. 
Strasburg just turned 35 last month. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just making sure. He, I thought I heard no, something. I'm hearing Me it. too. I thought I heard it too. Uh, Strasburg just turned 35 last month. Announced his retirement yesterday as he struggles to come back from a bevy of injuries. <sighs> the Nationals rewarded him with a seven-year, 245 million dollar deal after that World Series, and he made just eight starts on that deal. He's had surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome, which Matt Harvey also had, as well as a nerve and blood disorder that involved removing a rib and two neck muscles. Finally, the three-time All-Star, 9-5 and five, with a 287 ERA and 21 career starts against the Mets, which included an 8-1 and one mark at City Field. Back to the present day, the Nationals and Mets currently have the same record at 59 and 69, despite a $251 million difference in payroll. Oh, my God, that's true. What are you voicing, a special on MLB Network? (laughs) No, this is called Us vs. Pete, and it'll continue later in the show with Strasburg 2016 through 18. We will do that to begin next hour here on the DA (laughs) show. The Nationals. When we we come back, the latest on Joey Votto and Matt Hamilton of FanDuel TV on CBS. CBS Sports Radio. DA show here on CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Bogish in for DA. He's back on Monday. Still a lot to get to before we are done at 10 Eastern, but now we talk some NFL football. Happy to welcome this uh, gentleman to the mothership for the very first time. You might have gotten to know him on Good Morning Football NFL Network. He is now part of FanDuel TV up in Adams. He is Matt Hamilton, and here he is this morning on the DA show. Matt, it's Andrew, man. Great to have you. How are you? Andrew, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Dude, it's my pleasure. Um, I was People obviously don't see our DMs, but I was tiptoeing around what time to ask you to come on because I thought you were in California and didn't want to go past 6 a.m. your time, but you gleefully signed up for 5.50, I think, your time this morning. So I definitely appreciate that. I am actually still in New York. So oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um you know, when I moved over from Good Morning Football, I was able to stay in New York. I produce remotely. When when I go on the show, I have a little home office set up that Kay brings me in on. So, um, so yeah, so not too bad. For oh, me so right I was now. being nice for no reason. I should have just asked you where you lived <laughs> instead of assuming you were going to be getting up too early for us. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> let me ask you about, it's so hard to figure out what is real and what's not in these preseason games, but the Steelers finished the preseason, their first string offense, five drives, five touchdowns, something in that has to be real. Um, what, are you, what are your expectations this year for Pickett and Johnson and Pickens and those running backs? Yeah, and you definitely don't want to read too much into the preseason, but Pickett's looked so sharp, uh, and you, it, it's the progression you'd expect to see from a rookie quarterback going into his second year uh, and, and having a guy like George Pickens, who really looks like a dominant wide receiver right now. Uh, every single time he's out there, every practice clip you see, he's doing incredible things. Um, so, I, you know, again, while you don't want to overemphasize the preseason, I think this is legitimate, especially when you look back to the way this team finished last year. They were 7-2 and two over their last nine games coming out of that bye. And uh, I feel like they've been really overlooked throughout this offseason. They haven't gotten talked about a lot. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with how strong that division is, which is going to be their biggest, biggest obstacle. But this is a Mike Tomlin coach team. 
Kenny Pickett looks like he put in a ton of work this offseason. You're right, the running backs have looked excellent as well uh, with what we've seen from, from Jalen Warren. Uh, I think we're going to see better things out of Najee Harris this year coming into the season healthy. Um, if you remember last year, he's coming in with a Liz Frank injury. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited about Pittsburgh. The only concern is the competition in that division. And I, at the moment, consider this a three-team division. Are you looping the Browns in two here, or are they not the Steelers, Ravens, and Bengals? I think the Browns uh, still have a lot to prove to enter that conversation, especially with uh, the way Deshaun Watson looked last year. He didn't look right at all. Um, and right now, it is crazy, though. Like When you look at the odds, when you look at the favorites of that division, the Steelers are last. A lot of people have the Browns ahead of the Steelers right now, which is crazy to me. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Steelers. What's your, uh, your preseason grade on Anthony Richardson? It's interesting because we've seen so many exciting things about his game, but it's kind of what you expected, right, with yeah. what we saw at Florida, the splash plays, the athleticism, the talent really shines through. But there's a lot of sloppiness in between. You saw it last night. He, he, you know, he, he made some incredible throws into some tight windows. Uh, but overall on the day, you know, it wasn't the prettiest performance, 6 of 17. Um, but there's so many things to like about his game. This is why I'm always a proponent. A proponent. I coach, I've coached quarterbacks. Um, I'm always a proponent of letting a quarterback sit and develop. I think you can learn um, – you know, you can learn and grow and develop a lot better when you're not having to worry about getting thrown out there every week. Um, I think he's a guy who would have benefited from being on the bench a little bit longer um, and, and cleaning up some of the things, working on the accuracy, uh, working on some of uh, his progressions. But uh, one of the biggest things from last night that stood out, you saw him check out of a couple blitzes and, and find the open receivers when, when Philly was sending the house, which – for a young quarterback to do those type of things at this stage is really encouraging. It certainly would be helpful, too, to be able to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor and take some of the heat yeah. off of him. <laughs> what roster is Jonathan on when we get to Tuesday night, Wednesday morning? I really think it's going to be Miami. I know there's been some reports that, you know, they're, they're you know, they're, they've had some failed negotiations so far, but you know, you heard that they reached out to the Raiders on Josh Jacobs. The Raiders aren't making Jacobs available. It seems like they really are kind of hell-bent on bringing a star running back in there. I think when you look at Mike McDaniel, you know, coming from his mentor, Kyle Shanahan, a lot of people thought in that offense, you don't, you know, you can rotate running backs. We saw the Niners have a lot of success with a lot of different guys, whether it was Mostert, Eli Mitchell. Uh, but then you saw what the addition of a Christian McCaffrey could do for that team. They were 12-0 and with him as a starter until that NFC Championship game. I think McDaniel, you know, watched that very closely and, and saw, hey, if I can bring a star running back into this system with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, this offense is going to be impossible to defend. So I think they're really going to push for it and get that deal done ultimately. This is Matt Hamilton, FanDuel TV, with us here on CBS Sports Radio on this Friday morning. I guess staying on the trade front for just a second. Obviously, price tag matters here, Matt, but I would trade for Trey Lance. Um, you know, the Vikings come to mind. The Rams come to mind as teams that don't know who their quarterback is after this season. Would you take the Trey Lance gamble? Absolutely, because the talent, you know, the athleticism, the talent is there. Uh, we know he's a very intelligent guy. There, you know, there are things he has to clean up as far as his football IQ is processing. You see some of the mistakes um, 
mentally, some of the hesitation mentally in this preseason. I think that's been the biggest mark against him. But there's so much upside there, and I don't think you're going to have to give up a ton to get him because if I'm the Niners, you look at their situation with their roster over the next couple of years. Before Bosa's even on the books, they're almost $13 million over the cap next season. And getting rid of Trey Lance, it doesn't save them a ton of money, but it is $9 million over the next few years that comes off the books if they make a trade. So I think there's a lot of incentive for the Niners to end up offloading him. I think making him the number three quarterback makes it clear that they're probably going to try to do that, no matter what John Lynch says. Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense for them to make the deal, and I think, I, I think those two teams you mentioned are the two perfect fits. I don't know if they want to deal him to a division rival. I think right. that gets really sticky, but I think, um, I think the Vikings would make a ton of sense, um, both for the, Niners, for the Niners, for the Vikings, and for Trey getting to go to his hometown team. Matt, I, I had the idea to get you on the show after I saw a clip of you and Kay talking about um, the Bucks' decision to start Baker Mayfield. And I love the metaphor you used between for choosing between Baker and Kyle Trask. And since then, I've forgotten the metaphor. Um, but feel free to walk me through why I feel like it's kind of just picking, you know, the lesser evil and going with Baker down in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, I, I think the metaphor is the earthquake or the asteroid. There um, it is. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I just think this Bucks this Bucks situation is uh, is not ideal right now. I think this is a roster in the midst of transition. There's a lot of things going on. Obviously, there's still a lot of talent there. You got Godwin and Evans to throw to. Um, Devin White is still back in the fold for now. We'll see how that situation plays out. Uh, but yeah, I think it's you go with uh, you go with the with the guy that you know. Um, you know, obviously, we've seen Baker have some success in this league before. It's been a little bit. Um, but I think, yeah, I think giving him the first crack at it is probably the right move in this situation. How do you see the South breaking? Because that's kind of the problem for Tampa Bay. Like, there's an argument that they could win the division if Baker yeah. plays well, right? So how do, you, how do you stack those four teams in that division? Yeah, and I think it's that division is the biggest unknown. You have four, you know, all four quarterbacks are different from the week one starters going into last season. So you know, a lot of changes there, a lot of moving pieces. But right now, I think given the overall strength of the roster and knowing that Derek Carr is a solid quarterback, you have to make the Saints the favorites there. Um, but I think I think it's a two-team race if I look at this right now. I think it's between the Saints and I think it's the Falcons. Uh, a lot is going to be dependent on Desmond Ritter and how he develops from year one to year two. I like some of the things we've seen from him in the preseason, but I don't think Arthur Smith truly gets enough credit for how much of an offensive genius he is. And I think if Ritter is just solid with the freakish athletes they have on that offense, this thing is going to be really fun to watch. Remember, he got the Titans to an AFC championship game with Ryan Tannehill uh, when he had a star running back star receiver and A.J. Brown. Um, I think what he's crafting with Bijan and Drake London and Kyle Pitts, obviously there's still a lot that those guys have to prove too, but we know the athleticism's off the charts. And they've made a lot of improvements to that defense that struggled a lot last year, bringing guys like Jesse Bates and Calais Campbell, getting veterans in that room that have a track record of success. So while I think the Saints are the favorites right now, I think the Falcons are really going to push them, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win that division. Matt, this was super fun, man. Thanks for, for being up a little later than I thought you were going to be for us. I appreciate <laughs> it, and hopefully we can talk to you again during the season for sure. 
That'd be great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, man. Our pleasure. That's Matt Hamilton, FanDuel TV. Uh, you can see his work, hear his work, watch his work. Most days up in Adams, um, that show, I, I think Eastern, 11 Eastern time here for us on FanDuel TV. But I've been a big fan of Matt's work um, since he was part of the Good Morning Football family. Uh, and happy to have him on the show here this morning. Had Could have gotten to a bunch more stuff with him, but we're out of time. And Pete's here, so we got to be on time. You know how that works. Uh, but we've got time to quickly remind you that the Target Demo Friday meme is out. It is uh, Entourage, the Hard Hat Guy edition, courtesy of DA Show Quotes. Go find it at CBS Sports Radio. Tell us how you're listening, where you're listening, and what you think Pete should know that he missed while he had his rap, his five-day wraparound weekend from last Friday through yesterday. Uh, you've got me as Vince. You've got... Uh, I keep laughing. Botcher as turtle keeps getting my attention because I except for the crazy shorts I think Botcher would show up in a Julius Randle jersey he had a Jason Kidd t-shirt jersey on yesterday but he's turtle walls e boils Johnny drama there's a Schwartz there's some Caserta there's a Morash in there as well and then there's the board of all the possible IDs identities identities let's go to sleep of who DA Show Quotes actually is. And I don't even know if the actual person's on that board. They could all be misdirection. I know it's not Robin the 321. We know it's not. I don't think it's Dixie Landan. I'm still leaning towards somebody in the, the Midwest time zone. Definitely. Now, going back to Botcher, he picked up the scent of this, did his own research. He has determined that whomever is doing the account, whoever is transcribing the show, something about their day changes in our last hour. That the the quantity and the quickness of the transcribing drops in hour number four, which is now upon us. It, the last tweet was 30 minutes ago. So whether they have to get to work in this window, they have to take kids to school in this window, something about their day slows down the production in the final hour, which is here, it's next. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.